This is the 242nd. Welcome to the end of April. All right. Welcome to July. How you doing out there? It is the second week of July. Um, July 11th. Recording this in the evening. Um, hopefully you're doing good. Hopefully you had a good month of June. June kind of flew by. Um, I turned a year older. Turned 49. Yay. Um, so getting older. I'm sure everyone is. Um, let's see what has happened in July. I took a class for my work to try to help myself get certified with the state. The following week, I took a test with the state. Actually passed. I'm really happy. Kind of psyched. Uh, means a big pay raise. Of course, that means a lot of responsibilities. But it means a future. Like, uh, go anywhere in the state. And because of regulations, the license is good in a lot of other states. I just have to test up if I ever wanted to go somewhere else. And, of course, it adds to my retirement. So it's always a good thing. But how are you doing out there? Has it been a good month for you? was June. Treat you good. People have a good July 4th. Um, the world is getting a little bit more back to normal. Uh, in America, a lot of things are opening up. Through this pandemic, more people are getting their COVID vaccines, keeping their families safe. Um, hopefully you're keeping safe, being good, all that fun stuff. Um, Army of the Dead came out last month. It could have been the month before. I'm not really sure. I kind of lose track of time. Like I said, June flew by. Um, if you don't know what Army of the Dead was, um, Zack Snyder, who everyone <clears throat> kind of got used to being in DC Comics, he just released the G the G Justice Christ Justice Christ the Justice League um, Zack Snyder cut. Um, anybody who's into movies should know who Zack Snyder is. He, uh, directed Netflix, did Army of the Dead. Um, I enjoyed it um, for what it was. Dave Batista coming over there. Um, Theo Rossi. Garrett Dillahunt. Um, Raul Castillo. Um, got a lot of faces um it was a if you haven't seen it it's a zombie flick of course but uh <clears throat> you get a little beginning you know kind of silliness with the introduction of the new zombie thing where it's smart zombies and i want they had like a quick montage at the beginning of well you well you, you see where the, the zombie comes from and then it infects all of Las Vegas. And as the credits are going across, you see all the things happening as the credits go across. You see the story of Las Vegas getting shut down and then putting um, container crates all around it and blocking it from getting exposure to the rest of the world. It was pretty cool. I'd like to see a, a story just on that because that was a pretty cool story. What you saw, you have to kind of add stuff quickly. It's not going to hurt for a second viewing or paying attention to the movie. They explain a lot of it. Um, <clears throat> the more movies Dave Batista does, I think it shows that he, he's really a talented individual. Um, not just, you know, a guy who wrestled at one time. It's kind of cool, though, when you see wrestlers like The Rock, like Dave, 
um, who can act, because uh, I grew up in the era where we got stuck with Hulk Hogan <clears throat> as an actor, which was very kind of overblown, I guess. I don't know. People liked him. I was never a big fan. Um, but Army of the Dead, it's well worth a look. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. Uh, it's It'll definitely keep your interest. Some of it's a little bit brutal in the gore part. I wouldn't advise kids to watch it. Um, but if you like zombie flicks, I like zombie flicks. If it's right in there, it's a heist. Trying to get back into Vegas, kind of like um, Peninsula, which was uh, the sequel to Train to Busan. Um, between the two movies, I don't know, they're pretty... Um, they're both very heavily CGI oriented. It was a little bit more interesting with Army of the Dead, and you had like the alpha vampire who created like a queen. There's a hierarchy of the not vampire zombies. And Peninsula, they were just all wild and crazy, and there was some some people who ended up living. Like in Army of the Dead, you could tell there was nobody actually alive, unless the the alpha zombie let them live whereas peninsula there was stragglers all over the place the only the only problem with peninsula it did i don't think it didn't have a as big of a budget of army of as army of the dead did um i think shutter helped co pay for peninsula i think if they had somebody like netflix pay for it i think peninsula could have been a lot better because train to Pisson is an amazing film now, I think with Army of the Dead, I think they're going to do a prequel, an animation prequel, like they did to Train to Busan did with uh, Soul Station. Um, so that'll be good, because um, Soul Station is a fantastic prequel to Train to Busan. Um, and I guess, from what I hear, they're going to make a sequel to this, which is, I'd, I'd, I'd watch it again. It was really good. The acting was good. There's a lot of different characters. Um... Theo Rossi always plays the asshole, uh, but uh, it, it's pretty different because, you know, a lot of times you see a zombie flick and you always, I always question, like, how come some people are, you, you see, see zombies eat up people, but then yet they grow in ranks because you, you, if you can't eat everybody and still grow in ranks because you're going to run out of people, you've got to convert people without eating them. And a lot of zombie flicks don't cover that. This does. Of course, with the Alpha, the Alpha was the one who creates higher-ups. And it's just very interesting. The, the the characters are in here. They're trying to break into Las Vegas to supposedly get $200 million or $250 million out of a Vegas vault. Um, and there's a guy who hired them for that. So it'll be interesting after the fact what happens because I didn't cover that unless I missed something in an after credit scene. Cause I didn't, I didn't stay around and look for an after the credit scene because the only movies that should have after credit scene are Marvel movies. Plain and simple, my opinion, because we're expecting them in Marvel movies. Um, then we've been catching up. Um, like I said, I think last time we watched she, she, or two two episodes ago, we I watched Fantastic Beats and where to find them. Now we finally watched Fantastic Beats: The Crimes of Grindelwald. 
I really liked, I like both of them. They're very interesting. They're following people before Harry Potter. Um, not a JK Rowling fan, but I like the universe in which these are all set with magic. And I love the character of Newt Scamander. Um, I really like Eddie Redmayne and how he plays him. Um, if you've seen the first one, of course, you know, Johnny Depp and you know, you've heard the rumors Johnny Depp's not going to be in the third one. You've got, um, I think it's Dan Fogler. Yeah. Um, who is like his friend who he got from the first and you got the other, the other, um, the Goldsteins, I think the sisters, you've got a lot of familiar faces. You got Zoe Kravitz even in here. Um, Ezra Miller's back from the first one. I like these movies. This is just following a, the the first Fantastic Beats, Beasts. Um, I I like these. Um, these are more more uh, a little bit more adult, of course, than the Harry Potters. Like I said, I'm not a big J.K. Rowling fan and everything that she stands for, but um, David Yates, who's been doing a lot of these between Harry Potter and Fantastic Beats. I like David Yates. He's a good director. He knows what he's doing. And the visuals on these movies are pretty amazing. Um, these are high quality. The only funny thing is when we get a copy of something like this was one we recorded off of free Showtime or free HBO Weekend. And for some reason, I mean, it's not even DVD quality. It's like everything's so dark. And so I really want to go back and buy. I still got to go back and because I still buy DVDs. Yes, I do. Um, the Harry Potter and when the Fantastic Beasts all come out, I'll, have, I'll get all of those because I, I think they're they're a good watch. Um, of course, if you are, pay any attention to all the streaming services, you know some of these things that come out like Disney Plus. You got Netflix and Disney Plus. They were they started Loki, uh, six episodes. And by this time it's come out, we've watched five. This week, the last episode comes out. Um, of course, Tom Hiddleston playing his part, who's brought um, Loki to life and showing where he came off after Infinity War when he took the Tesseract. Um, and you meet the mysterious TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Got like it's almost a buddy cop thing with Owen Wilson, and then you meet Sylvie, who is um, a female version of Loki, and you find out that there's there's all these different variants who are through in time that are they're what they call pruned. I'm not trying to spoil anything. If you haven't seen it, go watch Loki. It's well worth it, especially if you're into the MCU. Um, Tom Hiddleston himself. These last few episodes have been really more crushing it in. I love these these easy six you know I, I, episode things because it's like a six hour movie just broken up like um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier is fantastic and Loki's fitting right in there too. I can't see, wait to see what else they do with like She Hulk and um, Captain Marvel and everything else. Miss Marvel, sorry, not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. So it's going to be. A good thing also released this month on Disney Plus. Pixar slid in uh, a movie called Luca, um, which is a, it's a little short. It, 
it's short. I'd say it's short because it, it went by really quick. Um, it's basically, um, I think, mermaids or kind of like mermaid mythology and living in the water and basic coming of age with like, um, not teenage, but before teenage, pre-pubescent boy and dealing with his parents and, and, you know, you have that, the parents learning and the child learning, um, about boundaries and stuff like that. And, and the part of growing up like, um, Pixar is really good at that certain ages of children. I think the animation is fantastic. Um, the story, I don't know something about it. I, I really liked, um, but it's, they call it a sea monster, but it's like mermaid mer, mermaids to me, but it could be like sea monkeys. Cause they have, they do have tails off the Italian coast. Um, he's growing up and he's learning his independence and he runs away. Um, and he's got a friend. I like this movie. Um, Maya Rudolph is a voice on here. Jim Gaffigan is a voice. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is uncle Ugo. That makes sense. Um, but let's say a young boy experiences unforgettable seaside summer on the Italian Riviera filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Lucas shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, but the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. He's a sea monster from another world just below the ocean surface. It's a kid movie. It's a kid's movie. It's geared towards kids and that's okay. Um, I don't think Pixar's ever made a bad movie, but I think, I don't know. I know there's the controversy with Lassiter and his, him stepping down and all the stuff that was under Lassiter, but I can definitely, something about the storytelling has changed just a little, little dimmed a little bit, or maybe they've just put out so much good stuff that we've been spoiled by it. I don't know. But it's not a bad movie. Um, I would see it if if you're questioning it. See it with your kids. It's very family oriented. It'll make you laugh. It's got some good laughing moments. Um, some more than others. After that, we finally got to see Raya and the Last Dragon, or Raya, um, which was a very interesting story. Let's see if I have a summed up. Long ago, in the fantasy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons live together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters known as the Druun threaten the land, the dragons sacrifice themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the Druun for good. That's a good short short way to say it. You got Kelly Murray Tran from Star Wars, the the sequels. She's in here, the main character, Rhea. You got Aquafina as one of the dragons. Um, you got Daniel Day Kim, Gemma Chan, Benedict Wong. You'll know the voices, Sandra Oh. Alan Cheetah's in there. I did not know he was Tuk Tuk. That makes sense. Um, this is a very good movie. Um, this is, to me, better than Luca, of course. And this is more, I guess, in-house for... Disney, I guess. 
but um, I'd heard a, I think I heard a rumor that they had actually bought it after the fact. Um, I don't really know. It is a very enjoyable movie. Um, starting off, you know, with a father and a daughter, and you learn of these five ancient civilizations. And they were supposed to protect this dragon, the last, um, the dragon's egg, dragon's tear. They were supposed to protect it, and other people were jealous of it, and they wanted a piece of it because they, and it ended up bringing back all this destruction. And so the world was almost destroyed again, and they had to figure out that they had to work together. To save the world. And it, it's really good. Um, really recommend it. It's one of the better things we've seen. Um, my son liked this and Luca. And he loves Loki. <clears throat> so um, he would recommend all three. Um, went back. Getting stuff off the DVR. Finally saw Suicide Squad, the original, um, by David Ayer. I've heard that there there might be there might be um, a director's cut out there, and that'd be interesting to see. Um, Will Smith, of course, Jared Leto playing the Joker, Margot Robbie. This was her first take as Harley Quinn, Viola Davis. Um, David Harbour. Yeah, he was in there for a little bit. Um, Common, yeah, I remember seeing Common. Jay, Jay Courtney. Um, but, of course, all of these people who are considered bad guys, um, Viola Davis's character... Head of Argus, if you know DC. Um, she has this idea to put bombs in people's heads and then they can learn to become bad guys if they are threatened to have their head blown off, basically. Um, that's the way I look at it. The world's most dangerous incarcerated supervillains provide them with the most powerful arsenal at the government's disposal and send them off in a mission to a defeated enigmatic, inseparable entity. U.S. intelligence officer Amanda Waller is a determined only... And you also had um, Joel. Why didn't they list Joel? Top build cast. Oh, I see. So he's not top build, I guess. Um, but this was Jared and his first role in, as as Joker. I I liked him as Joker. The only thing I didn't like about his Joker because I think I can see like he's trying to mix. And some people really did not like him because the tattoos on the face was not the Joker. Um, the, the, the grill was not the Joker. And I can agree with that. But if you listen to the, if, if you sit there and listen to the voice and the characteristics, I think he's trying to be a match, a mix of both um, Heath Ledger and the original Joker off the TV, 1966, 68 Batman. Um, 
that's what I think. That's what I hear in his voice. Like he was trying to get a mix between those two. And if you look at it like that, you got to get past the tattoos. You got to get past the grill. If they didn't have those two things, you could see. I, I think everyone could see the Joker. Because I don't think this is a bad Joker. It's just a different. The, the look throws you off a bit. Um, my opinion, of course. I like this movie. Um, I can't wait to see the new Suicide Squad. Because I, I can see where they continue it. After we watched that, we uh, did the Birds of Prey. Um, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn which of course was basically just Margot Robbie coming in and having her own movie after the fact, you know, of Suicide Squad still fitting in the timeline. Cause this still fit into both of these movies fit in to the universe that Zack Snyder started man of steel and Batman versus Superman and justice league. Um, Rosie Prez also in there. Journey Smollett, Mary Elizabeth, um, Ewan McGregor, Ali Wong. Um, I know some people, and they should have. It, it, it would have been better if they would have said if they would have named it Harley Quinn: colon, Birds of Prey instead of the long, ridiculous. I don't even think they should call it Birds of Prey because it's not really Birds of Prey per se until the very end. Um, I enjoyed the movie though. I think um, Mar- Margot Robbie really carried it myself. Um, it was a little, little out there. Um, but that's very comic book. Like if you understand, and I, I like the whole, every time she ran across somebody she did wrong, um, it would show these little clips, you know, and the reason they were after her and all that. And I liked that. I thought it was very original. It's very enjoyable. Um, And they go good into the universe of, you know, the Justice League, the Zack Snyder's version. Um, so I'd recommend both of them. They, they fit fine. The next movie I watched, we watched, was uh, Moneyball going back even further. With Brad Pitt. It was a 2011 movie. Um... And it's based on a true story of Oakland A's general manager, Billy Bean, trying to build a better team on different ways of statistics. Um, the only thing I had a problem with is this was based on a book and they kind of, um, I really enjoyed um, Jonah Hill in this as well. This was like his first serious role. Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it. Chris Pratt is in it. Um, Reed Diamond. Um, dum 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 dum. Just reading. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, my only problem is after the fact when you look up, and, and like I said, it's a baseball movie. After the A's miss out on the World Series, they lose three of their big players, and they got the. That got the team and start from nothing, and they were doing different ways to do statistics, which was very interesting. The whole premise is interesting, but if you look up the facts on Billy Bean, um, and 
that he hired this person called Peter Brand who helped him do statistics differently. If, if you look up the truth about it, you see that Bean was already doing this before he hired some, uh, this guy. And the Peter Brand is just a made-up name because the actual person didn't like the way he was portrayed, so he wouldn't let him use his name. But if you look up the Peter Brand name, you'll see the story. And it's just very interesting because um, Billy Bean is still around as, I think, the vice president now of the Oakland A's. But he changed the way to look at baseball players and statistics and getting more for the money out of the the teams that can't afford, like uh, the New York Yankees um, payroll, because the New York Yankees have a ridiculous payroll. And so you had to be able to do that. And, and this was a very fresh way to do that. And so I can appreciate that. Um, so I'd recommend it. Brad Pitt's always good. Brad Pitt is one of those people that I, I don't know. I mean, he's like the Robert Redford of our generation of the Gen X generation. And he is fantastic. Maybe it's me in everything he does, but that's maybe it's me. Um, the next one we were catching up on going back to 2005. This is how far sometimes we get. We went back to Rent. I'm not a big musical person. There's a few musicals out there I like. I still haven't seen Hamilton. I know it's good. But I had to go back to Rent because I'd never seen it. Didn't know who was in it. Didn't know anything about it except for 525,600 minutes. Um, I know that song because everyone sang it. This was a very good story. Um, Tay Diggs, Rosario Dawson... Um, Jesse Martin, who I love on The Flash. Um, this is a very good musical. I love the songs. I think every single song I like. I could not believe this was directed by Chris Columbus. The same guy who brought us Home Alone. Yeah, that guy. He's got, he's got some good movies, and this was very good. The music is fantastic. I like the story. This is one of those, after you see it, I would love to see it live with the original cast. I know some of these people in here are actually from the cast he brought over and threw big names in. Um, this is a soundtrack that I could listen to, and this really warms um, I, I shy away from musicals just because, you know, um, nobody's going to break out into song in real life. And so sometimes you have to be in that mood. I have to be in that mood to let go into this universe, which are musicals. But I, I don't think I've ever been really disappointed in a musical. Um, they always capture my attention. Uh, well, I, can't, I take that back. Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages I do not like. And it's because they just simply took 80s songs that were good and just threw them in. And I, I'm sorry if you're a big Rock of Ages fan. I think they could have done that different. I don't like Rock of Ages. So there is one musical I don't like. Um I really liked Rent. I love the stories that are going, crossing, and, and all the issues. It's a fantastic story. I like the way it's told. And like I said, I'd probably even like it even more if I saw it real live in person. I wish I could back then. I wish I wouldn't have waited 16 years to see it. So, sorry if I've waited that long. <clears throat> going through the long list of things. 
Yes, long list. Coming back to t- only two years ago, Will Smith, Gemini Man. This is a very interesting film about Henry Brogan, who is a like an assassin, a paid assassin. And all of a sudden, you know, he's he's trying to retire at 51 after getting paid. And when he turns in his notice to to retire, like they don't want him to retire, so they try to kill him. And they come after him with himself, a clone of himself 20 years younger, I think, or 30 years younger. Will Smith, of course. You got Clive Owen, Benedict Wong. Um, I was interested to see this movie um, when it came out, but I didn't. It's directed by Ang Lee. Ang Lee is a fantastic director. I've liked a lot of his movies, especially like Life of Pi. I was actually a big fan of his when Mission Impossible 2 came out. Um back then because that's what you had to do is blow stuff up and he did it good um but one thing i'd heard about this was i'm trying to see yeah he did he filmed it at 60 frames per second which is filmed a lot quicker if you look up the the frames per second that usually things so it was framed it was like a almost kind of like an experiment in this in this realm because you have you have your different filming things and, and it was it was filmed that and you can tell though and sometimes when things are acting too fast like he did the he 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 filmed it fast so he could slow things down is what it looks like I really like it. It's it's good. It's impressive. Um, visually, Will Smith is. I think I could say that I don't think I've ever seen a bad Will Smith movie. Um, I'm not saying I've seen every single movie of his because I haven't. I've still got to catch up on Seven Pounds because I bought that, and you have to be in a mood for movies, certain movies, and Seven Pounds. I already know the gist of it. Um. I don't think I've seen a bad Will Smith film. Um, and this doesn't disappoint at all. Um, if you haven't seen Gemini Man, see it. It's very interesting, the whole approach to it. Um, the effects are good. The, the tension is good. And Will Smith is always good. Finishing up, i got not too much more to go through this. Um, this is a pretty big, busy month of June, especially because I'm I'm off in the evenings now instead of working. So we get to sit here when I go and watch a movie sometimes every night and catch up off of her DVR. First Man, Ryan Gosling, um, Jason Clark's in it, Kyle Chandler, Corey Stahl, Patrick Fugit, um... It is the story of Neil Armstrong. Um, this is a good movie. Could it have been better? I think it could have been better. I think Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong really good. I like the story because it's not a happy story. You see all the things that Neil's dealt with in his life. It starts off in the beginning of the Gemini um, man missions up to Apollo 11 where he goes to the moon everything emotionally he deals with and how he deals with it and his family. Um, it's a good movie. It's a good watch. 
I have to call out one thing because my wife had to look it up afterwards. They have a scene where he actually goes to the moon. And I, somebody, there was one complaint, somebody was complaining they didn't show him raising the flag on the moon. I really don't give a rat's ass if they show that. I'm sorry. I thought the whole dealing with everything he dealt with, the learning about the mission, I like that. I like the way he played it. They have a moment because in the beginning of the story, you see their family suffering because he has a daughter. They have a daughter who I believe was had leukemia and passed away. They didn't really say. They talked about a cancer, so I'm assuming it was leukemia. Um, I didn't look up those details. My wife was reading about it. But he always carried around this little bracelet from her. And in the movie, when he goes to the moon, he leaves it on the moon. And when she looked that up and they were like, there's no proof he even took it because you weren't allowed to take stuff on your journey. You weren't take, you know. And so that was very interesting. Um, it's a good movie. But besides that small little thing, I'm not going to fuss about it. See, first moon, especially if you're a first man. First moon. Um, especially if you're into those kind of things, it's very interesting. Um, and seeing everything that the people went through. Because it also was showing um, Buzz Ald- Ald- Aldred, who became his partner on, on Apollo. And you see other different people and everything they dealt with. The last kind of movie. Yeah, the last kind. There's be one thing after this. Midway, 2019, the story of the Battle of Midway, told by the sailors and people. If you don't know, the Battle of Midway was after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And this actually shows the, the, the bombing of Pearl Harbor at the beginning. It keeps track of several real-life people who, who were in the war. Um, like Admiral Nimitz. Um... Dick Best, Edwin Layton, these are real people. Um, Wade McCluskey, Ann Best, and they're played by you got Ed Screen, Patrick Wilson, Woody Harrelson's in there who plays Chester Nimitz. Um, Luke Evans is in there. Mandy Moore's in it. Dennis Quaid is in it. Aaron Eckert. Um, Nick Jonas is even in it. And it's really, it, it's not a one-sided thing because they also show the opposite side of the Japanese officers and all the decisions they have to make. And it's very interesting because you grow up, like when I grow up, I always heard the, there was a quote that, um, that a Japanese admiral had said that said, um, after we brought, they bombed Pearl Harbor that, um, they, they, or that they were afraid they had just woken up a sleeping beast. And they actually have that line in the movie. Um, it's very enjoyable. They have some very good, um, airplane fights and the intensity of having to bomb care the, the the theater of war that is the pacific and i think i always like enjoy war movies that have parts of truth in them i mean some of it you don't know all of the truth because you're not there you weren't in it but the way the stories are told is always the interpretation of the writer and the director. And I, I liked Midway. Um, you could follow the certain people and you, you, when you look up facts, you 
understand a lot of the facts were true. Um, it was a pretty important era, especially in the in the theater of the Pacific, of of how the war could have went totally different if was reacted on differently. And if everything, you know, this is actually directed by Roland Emmerich, and people know him from Independence Day. He does a lot of sci-fi blow him up stuff. I think he actually did a good job on this movie. Um, this is one of the movies that I, I like by Roland. Yeah, he did the first Godzilla back in 1998, The Day After Tomorrow. It's pretty nice. I like it. Um, Anonymous 2012, 10,000 BC, The Patriot, Stargate. I did like Stargate. Stargate was a good one. I liked Independence Day. Um, so this is a movie, if you like war movies, to see it. Um, there's a lot of truth in it. Before ending, this morning woke up. Well, not this morning, yesterday. Yeah, I worked today. Yesterday... Um, my son had noticed on Disney Plus they had started a new series called Monsters at Work, which is a sequel to the Monsters Incorporated movie, unlike the previous prequel, Monsters University, where they show Sully and Mike Wachowski at college. This is directly after, and I mean directly after... Monsters Incorporated, where the head guy is taken away and Roz is left in charge and Mike and Sully, and they find out that laughter is more powerful than screaming. So, uh, two episodes popped out. Really enjoyed those two episodes because they fit in the timeline. You, you got all the original voices, which is awesome, I think. Plus, you got another different direction going in that, following another monster. And it's going to be really interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm a Pixar person, and this is going back into classic Pixar with monsters. Hopefully the Pixar TV direction, not TV, the episodes, I guess, are as good as the Marvel episodes. Because it's like, those seem to step up, so I'm hoping Pixar does too. Um, I like it. So if you haven't seen it, you can go on Disney+. Plus. And see monsters at work. Um, hopefully you're having a good July. I appreciate you when you take the time to listen to this. Um, I always shout out my favorite people. Yeah, Got Adam Neeson over there in Ireland. Just got done with his script on trespassing, I think. Or Laz Lazarus Syndrome. He's working on it so much. He's really busy. I miss hearing his podcast. Um, him and Heidi Hamilton on Mooncat. Um, if you haven't listened, go check them out. Mooncat Production or Mooncat Productions, I think. But it's Mooncat. It's got a picture of a moon and a cat. So if you find that, you found the right place and listen to him. He's got a lot of good episodes, and he's good people. Um, Mike and Katie over at Cup of, Cup of Red always put, putting out good stuff for your ear holes every week usually on a tuesday sometimes it runs a little weak um sometimes it runs a little late sometimes it might skip a week here and there because they have busy lives too um both working and raising a young one 
just like me and my wife. Um, but they're awesome to listen to. And he's got some great, fantastic um, photographs he puts up on Instagram at Cup of Rad. Um, so jealous of the great he uh, I'm, I'm kind of geek out when he he gets new figures because i used to collect um figures and i've got an attic full of them and i need to pull them out and i'm going to one day um so uh and of course like i i said i think last time i got i got brooks Brooks and John over there at Basement Buddies Podcast. They're over there in Oregon. Give them a listen. Oregon, Washington, Seattle. Um, I'm lost. I'm tired. It's been a long week. I know they're on the other coast. Um, but give them a shot. And he's also on TikTok. He's freaking hilarious. And pick on him. That's what I do. He's good people. Um, all these people are good people. There's lots of different podcasts out there. Don't sit there and just listen to popular ones. Um, I'm supposed to listen to a Joe Rogan episode via my but my partner in crime, Spencer, what we do on Brew Pill, and I'm supposed to listen to three hours of an interview um, when he interviews Quentin Tarantino. And I think it's just for one bit, because my argument of why I haven't seen Kill Bill 1 and 2 so it's probably something to do with that. That's what he said. Um, I just don't know if I can spend three hours listening to to Joe. I mean, no offense. I don't like politics, and I don't like... I know I might enjoy it, but I'll feel guilty about it. Because I don't enjoy a lot of people who push politics on one direction or the other. Um, and I prefer small podcasters where you can talk to people and you can get to know them. And you, it's not just somebody who's already making money doing something else, just getting more money. It's There's a lot of podcasts in the podcast world who don't make a dime. Or if they do, they don't make a lot. They're doing it for the, the camaraderie, the friendships, the, um, the people they meet. And I think that's the best way to make a podcast. Um, if you ever want to contact me, um, you, you know the number, the 242nd. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on TikTok, you can find me on Instagram. They all have a link tree address if you look in the bios of any of these places to find the others. Um, like YouTube, The Brew Pill. Or you can write me at the 242nd at Outlook.com. If you ever want to send e- an email, I will read it. Because I, I don't think I've ever put my email out there. But um, it's spelled just like it is on this podcast, the 242nd at Outlook.com. Just sometimes, just send it if you want to just see if my freaking email works. Because I don't know. I don't know if I got it hooked up right. Um, but anyways, have a good month of July. And I wish I could be more normal on these because I still got to get back to my song list that I was working on a year ago or a year and a half ago. Um, but... Have a good one and see you then.